originally when I when you would do a recap, mm-hmm. I would say something a little different or do something different. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know if I should still do that, or maybe I should just say, uh, you know, welcome to Golden Girls Podcast, Sophia's Choice. Same as it ever was. Right. <laughs> is this being recorded? That's, it is. That's it. That's the intro. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, people. We're, we're, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, fair enough. Welcome aboard. I don't know if we can keep this level of excitement up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a high level. Uh, <laughs> I can't go like this all night. Getting a little worn out. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're I'm not a young man anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talk about stuff. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. So yes, but in case you're listening, uh, we'll, we'll we'll just kick it in if you're if you're still with us. This is <laughs> Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls Podcast. Hopefully you're not listening. You know, operating heavy equipment. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you think? Are you saying because they would have fallen asleep or because they'd be too excited and just driving crazy all over with their forklifts. It's one of those things that, you know, somewhere there's a semen truck driver falling asleep at the wheel <laughs> listening to this, and the circle of life continues. <laughs> so, not... Is the implication that he has run someone down? <laughs> Johnny, stop, stop, stop! <laughs> Very slowly, like oh, Austin Powers. And then that man super flat laying on the ground, as we know that that's what typically exactly happens. happens. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. In another media bear. Wasn't there something like that on Roger Rabbit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, yes, it's Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls Podcast. I'm Alan, joined by Brent, joined by Ski. It's me. We're doing today a it's season. Them. Yes. Season them. Season four, <laughs> episode seven, Sophia's Wedding, part two. Mm-hmm. But uh, unlike usual, today Brent will be doing our recap. Correct. Um, of course, we'll still be doing our MVPs and our favorite lines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yes, shaking up the format just a little bit with uh, I think this season you're going to hear more um, recaps from me and Brent than you have in the past overall. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's certainly going to hold true today. Exactly. Um, now that, you know. Ski's a grandfather in the AARP. He right. Doesn't, he doesn't have the energy to. I, just, I get so tired around 8 p.m. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, you're just sitting around watching goddamn Cocoon all the time. It's a fine movie. <laughs> I think I actually own Cocoon 1 and 2. Do you really? So, well, so here's the story behind that. My dad. <laughs> <laughs> My dad loved Cocoon. Alan. Oh, okay. That's okay. a story. No, <laughs> I think he bought the DVDs mm. like a long time ago, mm-hmm. and then when he passed, like I got a bunch of the DVDs that he had. And that was your inheritance. That was my inheritance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, I am sorry that your dad had to pass for you to get those, but I'm glad there was a silver lining. Yeah, that was it. Was the one really good thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> His dad didn't actually buy him. He got him from Netflix. But Ski just pays the eight bucks a month to uh, have to <laughs> <laughs> So, so it's, it's from back in the day when Netflix used to exactly. send out DVDs. Exactly. His dad ordered Cocoon 1 and 2. They, <laughs> they've sent me many uh, a letter saying, Sir, we don't need it anymore. It's been paid for over time. But uh, I still feel guilty, so I sent that eight bucks in. Fair enough. Um, fair is fair, Alan. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I did have a couple social media things to mention to you oh, guys. Nice. Um, I had put a poll out there. We had discussed oh, this yeah. has been many weeks back did I now. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's not quite over yet. There's still a okay. day and 19 hours for this poll to go. So you okay. never know. By the time the the folks are hearing this, it'll be mm-hmm. long since over. Yeah. Um, but I had said in the actor Blanche's. I had to condense this a little because mm-hmm. of the limitations of Twitter. Yeah. 
Um, but it said in the actor, Blanche's blow up boobs popped when she was auditioning. Mm-hmm. If Sophia was in the scene, which would have been a better line for her to deliver? Mm-hmm. Number one, boom goes the dynamite. That was skis. <laughs> Number two, normally Rose is the windbag. Uh-huh. That was yours, Brent. Was really and then uh, mine was, I-, I had given several, but the one I chose was, uh, those things went down faster than the Hindenburg. Uh-huh. Now, right now, in a closely contested race, uh-huh. uh, my comment is the one winning. Uh-huh. Currently, well, I contest it. Well, it's uh, it's <laughs> one vote to zero to zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not exactly lighting up the Twitterverse. But, um, <laughs> How much longer does it have, you say? A, a day and 19 hours. So. I'll tell you what, the next day... Uh-huh. Could shoot up to two. <laughs> <laughs> it could. I mean, who knows? The, the possibilities are endless. Well, if it's a tie, then I guess maybe I can repost Blood it. battle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll have to just create a Twitter, a second Twitter account then so That's I can break the tie. I've got access to five email addresses, so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All of a sudden, it could be a blowout. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Brent jumped way ahead. <laughs> it was um, my all-time favorite you know, sitcom is Sports Night. Mm-hmm. And so it was 1998, 1999, thereabouts, um, when it was on the air. And so, you know, internet was in its, you know, not infancy, but, you know, it was becoming a thing, right. you know. Um, but one of the characters um, was a techie guy. And so they were doing some stupid online poll, and he created a bot that was voting for one of the hosts over the other. Because oh, okay. it was basically like, you know, who do you like better, Dan or Casey? <laughs> and so it was like 6 million <laughs> to like 37. <laughs> that seemed like, like pretty accurate numbers, right? <laughs> exactly. It was so Statisticians funny. would expect such a swing. Yeah. <laughs> But he's like, it's voting for you for 12,000 times every second. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wanted to bring that particular poll up, even though it's not quite over yet, because we did have a comment where where Stacey Watts, one of our one of our regular um, listeners, she wrote in, can I write in for the poll? Um, I could see Sophia saying something like, there she blows. Or uh, airbags really do deploy upon impact, <laughs> so, which I thought were both were both good, good options. Yeah. So. Exactly, I could see her using that there she blows line every time Blanche enters the room. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, Twitter only allows three options okay. on the polls. <laughs> so <laughs> take it down, put it up again, and then Stacey's <laughs> yeah, options is right. <laughs> votable. And then uh, Jennifer Balbo, who has been uh, making or you know sending comments a lot recently. Uh, she said that uh, she only has Tom Brady jokes for this, and they obviously post-date the show. Yeah, yeah. Which I said, you know, as indie fans, mm-hmm. we're totally pro-Tom Brady jokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and exactly. I guess apparently she's uh, in KC, so she's, you know, in the same boat as we are gotcha. with not enjoying Tom Brady. Missouri or Kansas? Uh, can't. Well, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. So. Gotcha. But, um, Kansas City, Missouri also gave us the Royals. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Kansas I, I, City Royals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow, they were a fountain of information. <laughs> well, it just was like a canned response uh, yeah. <laughs> like, to whatever you were saying. Yeah. And then once I responded with such amazement that I felt immediately <laughs> regretful <laughs> for the... <laughs> um, I've never been to uh, inside the Kansas City Royals Stadium, mm-hmm. um, but you can see it from 70. Oh, okay. And it looks really, really nice. Like, it looks like a good-looking ballpark. I would like to go there someday. Well, I've been in Arrowhead Stadium, the, uh-huh. where the Chiefs play yeah. at, and it's really nice, too. And I went to 
Sherry and Lan- my friend Lance, we went mm-hmm. to a Chiefs-Colts game, mm-hmm. and it was a good game. And there was some good-natured uh, ribbing back and forth between mm-hmm. us and the Chiefs fans, but they were good, you know, nice good people. people. Nice. Yeah, and we were like, I don't know, six inches from the sun, and we were so mm-hmm. high up yeah. in that stadium, but <laughs> yeah. it was still a good seat and still had a good time. Well, that's the way the Royal Stadium looked like. It looks like exceptionally tall, mm-hmm. like a Coliseum-type thing. Right. Like everybody's <laughs> looking down on the on the players. I don't remember if I saw... The, the Royal Stadium or not, I know when we drove, me and my wife, when we did our little uh, mm-hmm. road trip mm-hmm. last year, we, we went through Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We definitely passed Arrowhead. Yeah. Uh, well, but if I you took 72 Kansas City, you saw the Royal Stadium because th- it's right sounds there Sounds really familiar. I think we did. Yeah. So, but there was a, another comment I wanted to mention, too. Yeah. Um, it, Jennifer, again, was okay. commenting about a particular episode she was listening to, and one of the things she mentions was that she 1,000% appreciated the pommel horse puns oh, nice. in that episode. <laughs> and I said that you're a pun master. Uh-huh. That He comes up with some good ones here and there as well, though. <laughs> and uh, she said, uh, well, then Stacy Watts replied back that her favorite are the Brent puns or jokes that don't land, um, that <laughs> neither Ski or I know what you're talking about, but that you're cracking up about them. Yeah. <laughs> I think those are my favorite, yeah. too, uh, in retrospect, honestly. And I said that it's a good thing, um, or I said that you're definitely your own best audience, exactly. and that it's <laughs> a good thing that you are. casting to myself. Right. <laughs> Well, I said it's a good thing that you genuinely are very funny because otherwise you'd look like a real tool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I just wanted to mention those couple little um, yeah. those couple little interactions. Like I said, we love it when people do reach out. Exactly. Um, so, so. Thank you, Stacy and Jennifer. Yeah, definitely. I think whenever we get a cool uh, comment from one of the listeners, mm-hmm. it definitely adds to the conversation. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have a handful. It's a good launch been... point before we start talking about the episode a lot of times. Oh, I agree. And, and it's great. I mean, we have this handful of uh, listeners now that have been reaching out on a little more consistent mm-hmm. basis which is cool so yes. you know obviously jennifer and stacy we've had numi as our longtime mm-hmm. mvp mm-hmm. cj and angel and mm-hmm. you know several others that have reached out at points here and there so we mm-hmm. love to hear from everybody yeah so anyways so betty yeah what's deserves up? better what's that betty deserves better eh, you know um pick me um <laughs> <laughs> there, there are plenty of others like we had carla was one of the first ones trish mm-hmm. um prince is my idol yeah prince of my idol although i don't think prince of my idol ever reached out to us uh, no. that person just followed us on the yeah uh, uh, which is fine if you don't have to reach out if you want to follow us on you yeah. know something we, we like to see that too yeah you know the instagram account is doing well i think we mentioned it last episode so mm-hmm. if you haven't gone out to that yet you could follow us there too yeah yeah um you can tell that I've posted a couple things. Alan's posted a couple things. Well, by the time you're hearing this, hopefully there should be quite a bit more content that we've posted on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Ski will log in and, and post Maybe. something. You know how mm-hmm. I am with social media. Yeah, it'll probably be racist, though. So if you see someone racist on there, yeah. <laughs> probably Ski. Yeah, Thanks. if it's racist, it gets <laughs> a lot. Ski. Um, if it features, um, you know, captions or whatever, then mm-hmm. it came from Alan. <laughs> and then if it's just a random picture, it came from me. Yeah. Yeah, Brent uh, it, it did put a picture. So if you're curious what it looks like when he is preparing for an episode, mm-hmm. there's a picture up up there with him with a uh, poster of, uh, is it Elvis Costello? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember. I, could, I knew it was a poster of Elvis Costello or Bob Dylan, but in my memory, I couldn't remember which yeah. one it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, him and his setup watching uh, the episode that he's about to recap right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little sneak peek of how I make the sausage. <laughs> right. <laughs> I actually heard some Elvis Costello songs the other day. Which ones? Um, Veronica. Oh, that's a good one. And Oscar's Army. Is that right? Oliver's Army. Oliver's Army. Yeah, that's a great one as well. I, uh, I, I've, I've only heard like two or three of his songs okay. you know, historically okay. before that. Yeah. And I was playing one of my little board mm-hmm. games on my phone the yeah. other day. And one of the things was, 
mm-hmm. Elvis Costello songs, mm-hmm. and those were the two answers. I was yeah. like, I have no idea what those are, so yeah. I'm going to listen to them. So. So, um, and Ver- I, well, I thought of you when yeah. I listened to them. So Veronica got a co-writing credit to uh, Paul McCartney. Hmm. Really? Um, but it's about, um, it's about Elvis's uh, grandmother and her battles with Alzheimer's. Oh, okay. I actually, I did read that. as and Oliver's Army. It's another classic. So I love that one. I'm seeing Elvis Costello in November. Oh, are you? Yeah. Where's he at? Um, he's going to be at the uh, Mura Theater oh, downtown. Very nice. So, assuming the world doesn't go to hell between now and then. Oh, yeah. No, no guarantee. Good. I know. <laughs> yeah. And if you're out there and you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, we encourage it. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, but uh, Brent, you ready to kick off our recap? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So, Golden Girls Season 3, Episode 7. Season 3? Going back season in time. Three Is it episode Season 4? Yes, yeah, Season 4. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. I bought a new ink cartridge for this. <laughs> season four, episode seven, Sophia's Wedding Part Deux. Written by Barry Finero and Mort Nathan, directed by Terry Hughes, and the original air date, November 26, 1988. So, as you know, we'd like to start off with On This Date. Sure. So, for November 26th, our On This Date includes a Swedish mathematician, philosopher, and one of my top ten favorite Norberts, Norbert Wiener, <laughs> was born in 1894. Do you have a top ten Norberts? I do. Rounding out my top ten <laughs> list of Norberts in birth order. Well, you just set them up. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, knock on wood, somebody will set me up. But if not, I'm just plowing through. <laughs> so the rest of my top 10 Norberts. Um, this is in birth order. Okay. Um, oh, so, th- so this isn't necessarily the order of how much you like how them. high on your list they'd be, but just exactly. I've they're all in the top them. 10. Exactly. Because <laughs> okay. it changes based upon my mood. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Norbert Wiener is definitely in the top spot. Right. Everybody else is battling for <laughs> For two through nine or two through <laughs> ten. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we got Hungarian footballer Norbert Chernowski, mm-hmm. born in 1976. Okay. Uh, we got Hungarian footballer Norbert <laughs> Kerenyi, also born in 1976. Okay. We've got Hungarian footballer Norbert <laughs> Farkas, born in 1977. <laughs> okay, also born in 1977. We've got Hungarian footballer Norbert Kovacs. Um, in 1982, we had Hungarian footballer Norbert Hadju. You know, you're not going to get to watch the faces of the people <laughs> listening to the episode, right? <laughs> I know that's your favorite part. <laughs> Nineteen eighty four gave us Hungarian footballer Norbert Kalai. <laughs> we got Hungarian footballer Norbert Latinstein in nineteen eighty four as well. Nineteen ninety five gave us Hungarian footballer Norbert Heffler. And then finally Hungarian footballer Norbert Malal, born in nineteen ninety six. Now as far as you could find was there any other famous Norberts? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. There were there any... Politicians, oh, scientists, okay. different things, but I'm going through their occupation. I was like, per capita, there have been way more Hungarian footballers <laughs> named Norbert. It's probably like Steve well, over just, there. It, Norbert's not a common name here in the U.S. I don't know. <laughs> it's really not. So. But if your name is Norbert, there's a 37% <laughs> chance you're a Hungarian footballer. <laughs> Well, maybe if that's what you really want your child to be, and you're Hungarian, exactly. um, <laughs> then you name them that, and you're like, hey, I got a decent shot. Exactly. So. Or you could, you know, immigrate to, to hung- Hungary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, so and with like, plans to have a child named Norbert. Whatever, like, the Hungarian Ellis Island is. <laughs> like, if you come, they're like, you're a Norbert now. <laughs> you're like and a you strapping change, you young man. Exactly. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, glad to know your Norbert pecking order. Exactly. <laughs> Wasn't there a Norbert uh, Eddie Murphy movie? That was Norbit. Yeah. Norbit. <laughs> Close, okay. Yeah. Now, don't get him started on his top ten favorite Norbits. Exactly. <laughs> They're going to be Austrian. Exactly. It's like naming my favorite clumps. Right. It's just hard. <laughs> so, all right. So, also on this date, uh, Vernon Lefty Gomez, who holds the world record for most innings pitched in a single All-Star game. He pitched six innings in the 1934 game. Wow. Uh, was born in 1908. Uh, 1934 was also his overall best season. Uh, he went 26 and five. Mm. So, besides being known as Lefty, Vernon was also known as El Gufo and Goofy Gomez, and that's because he was, you know, quite the cut up. Oh. Um, once, when it was his turn to bat on an especially foggy afternoon, he stepped up to the batter's box and lit a match. Mm. When the umpire asked what gives, old Goofy Gomez said he wanted to make sure the pitcher could see him. <laughs> so they don't make him like El Gufo anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so also on November 26th, uh, angst-ridden cartoonist Charles Schultz was born in 1922. Uh, Vera's most profitable and talkative client, Robert Goulet, was born in 1933. <laughs> <laughs> that one was for you, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Swiss singing sensation Anna Mae Bullock was born in 1939. Uh, she's better known these days as Tina Turner. <laughs> And then uh, Fleetwood Mac bassist John McPhee was born in 1945. And y'all can say what you want to about Fleetwood Mac, but I'll fight anyone who disparages 1979's Tusk. <laughs> Someone, and I honestly cannot remember who, once said that Tusk came about because Lindsey Buckingham fell in love with the Talking Heads. But instead of playing some Talking Heads to the rest of the band, he just did a lot of cocaine and tried to explain the Talking Heads to them. Ah. <laughs> the way you were saying that is like, someone said this and I don't remember who. I almost expected, like, was it me? <laughs> but I was like, I definitely never said that. Exactly. <laughs> there's like a, maybe there's like a 2% chance it was an original thought. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, that is just too good to be one of mine. <laughs> Somebody else must have come up with that. So, yeah, I don't know who that was. Kevin Smith had a movie called Tusk. He did. He did. Brent Direct saw... homage to, uh, to the album. album, yeah. <laughs> Not Brent really. I... For the song. <laughs> yeah, we did see that. Yeah. Is we... that the last Kevin Smith, movie? Kevin Smith movie we saw in the theaters? Probably so, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I didn't know that one went to theaters. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. a fairly limited time, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably a month. I saw, yeah. it, I saw it on, like, Netflix or something. Mm -hmm. It's solid. I'd like to revisit that one. Would you? Yeah. You still not seen Red State or I've seen Red State. Okay. I, the only one I haven't seen Yoga Hosers. Yeah, it's Yoga Hosers. It's a good so. one too. I've not seen that one either. And I'm looking forward to Clerks Three, which is in production now. Oh so. yeah, uh, Rosario Dawson. She's coming. Back oh, is she? That. That's yeah. awesome. Good, good. And I like her a lot. Like when I was watching, because um, she's a Death Proof. Yeah, you know, and I recently watched that one, and that was like at the peak of her adorability. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, she's still an attractive lady, mm. even now, you know. But you just don't think she's adorable anymore? I think it's, I don't know, past a certain age, if you say a lady's adorable, it's just creepy. I don't know, don't you think Sophia's adorable? Oh, yeah, I guess so. So maybe there's like a, do you think there's an age in between where mm -hmm. adorable yeah. isn't a, a, an applicable yeah. adjective? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know, I bet you could find examples of Probably so. people of all ages that are adorable. Yeah. I think the same person's also 
it depends upon their like their situation, what they're doing. Oh, like okay. sometimes they're sexy and other times they're adorable. Mm, okay. You know, like ninety eight percent of the time, I would say that Natalie Portman, you know, is sexy. Okay. You know, but you put her in a protective helmet, <laughs> she's just merely adorable. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Your love for Natalie Portman certainly outstrips mine, but uh, I, I enjoy <laughs> Natalie Portman. But you always had a, an affinity for her. So. Yeah, she's just easy on the eyes. <laughs> I like her a lot, too. Mm-hmm. I see what you're seeing. <laughs> now, let's not make this podcast creepy, though. <laughs> Creepier. This is not adorable right now. <laughs> we got a lot of listeners in California. She could be one of them. <laughs> we love you, Natalie. <laughs> Boy, that would be really, really shocking. <laughs> you just don't know. She's a huge Golden Girls fan. Yeah, it could be. I mean, that wouldn't be shocking. Like, I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> of anybody being a huge Golden Girls fan. But to have enough time in your schedule <laughs> <laughs> to fit in this particular podcast and be a regular listener of it, um, I don't know. That That's shocking for anybody, much less mm-hmm. a celebrity. So. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. So, go on forward. All right. So, act one. Uh, so, the episode starts with a brief recap of what happened last week. Mm-hmm. Um, to be kind, this was probably because people in the 1980s didn't have very good memories. <laughs> to be unkind, it's because the producers wanted a reason to reuse that money shot of Sophia and Max in bed. <laughs> so, the episode really begins with... Not Dorothy a lot of good DVR back then. There was not. <laughs> there was not. Uh, so the episode really begins with Dorothy sneaking a ciggy on the back porch. Uh, this sets off the smoke detector above her rear entry. If it's also a gas detector, I'm sure Coco's enchiladas wore out the batteries. <laughs> yeah, that uh, must be the most sensitive uh, smoke detector. Because <laughs> it's like she lights the cigarette and boom, immediately exactly. it's going off on her. Uh, exactly. And now she is tall, so she is closer to the the smoke <laughs> detector than most might be. Yeah. But still, uh, yeah. Yeah, more on small nope. <laughs> Okay, it seemed like there was more that said. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. So the Goldens call the fire department directly. Um, although 911 was originally established in 1968, and Florida began its rollout in 1973, full adoption for the state of Florida wasn't reached until 1997. Mm. So there's a chance the Goldens were living in a dead zone oh. back in 1988. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so the Goldens overly complicate their conversation with the fire department, but by the time the call is resolved, Dorothy is speaking with an oversexed fireman. Mm. Uh, Dorothy offers Rose a cowboy killer, and she then confesses to having a bohemian breakfast. Blanche is not surprised that Dorothy started spanking the camel. She's just surprised it took her this long to pick up the coffin nails. Ah. <laughs> so uh, Sophia returns from her honeymoon. <laughs> That's all kinds of loaded with... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> trying to include as many cigarette slangs as I could. Rose smoked as a youth. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> they were shocked to hear this. Mm. <laughs> That's the pedantic interpretation, yes. <laughs> Um, so Sophia returns from her honeymoon. Uh, the first thing she does is smack Dorothy and Rose. The final score for this round is Dorothy 2, Rose 1. Uh, Dorothy tells Sophia that she's given up the skag once again. Uh, Max enters and brags about Disney World. Sophia then brags about the one ride she was tall enough for. Uh, Max and Sophia make it. <laughs> Thank I like, you. I like it. You got somewhere to be. Because <laughs> you know, I always jot down a few lines that I particularly enjoyed, um, and I haven't I covered them. I, in a roundabout way, perhaps. <laughs> you, you've covered the scenes they were in. 
<laughs> I'm oh, yeah. not a plagiarist. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I am, <laughs> however, a direct plagiarist. <laughs> well, I, I, I definitely plagiarize when I want to mention a specific line. Um, <laughs> I don't expect the listeners to be so well-versed. Some call it quoting. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, because there, there was a whole... Uh, I had actually intended to start this episode with this uh, mm-hmm. particular little, uh, I don't know, song portion that okay. I had found recently. Um, it said, uh, no doubt you're all acquainted with the story. I'll allow that's told Miss O'Leary and the doings of her cow. This cow was tired of city life and wanted country air. To be locked up in Chicago was more than she could bear. So one dark night when the folks were all in bed, Mrs. O'Leary left a lighted lamp out in the old cow shed. The cow kicked over and winked her eye and said, there'll be a hot time in Chicago tonight, mm-hmm. which that's a uh, part where you were referring to their, uh, 911 call for yeah. that. Uh, and that Sophia or excuse me. Rose. Yeah. Rose had said, I bet that's why Chicago burned down. Miss O'Leary was probably a tramp too, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a really good Rose line, especially with the context of the, mm-hmm. the legend that yeah. the Chicago fire may have been started in somebody's barn, mm-hmm. um, which has been disputed, I guess. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But you went by so fast with everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <that> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, you're fine at this point. Um, <laughs> I think I'm more or less caught up with where you're at. <laughs> gotcha. So if you're throwing out jokes and I'm not getting them, okay. it's, it's maybe because I'm concentrating on trying to figure out where the fuck you are in the episode. <laughs> in case I need to. Uh, in case I have a line that I particularly wanted to throw in. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so Stacy, it may not be that I'm not getting what he's saying and may just be (laughs) (laughs) that he's so fast (laughs) no no you're fine it's part of your charm (laughs) thank you So where are we at at this point? What's actually going on? <laughs> so now Max and Sophia make a quick trip to the front porch. Okay. Before re-entering to let the Goldens know that they're homeless. Okay, right. The Goldens, in a truly magnanimous gesture, allow them to stay in Sophia's still-furnished bedroom. Yeah, I didn't understand the hesitation with that, because they all kind of act like, I, I guess that I, you can uh, stay in the bedroom you've been staying in for several yeah. years now. Like they'd already converted it to a rumpus room or well, something. Well, they had to kick out their new uh, roommate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, which we find her in the next episode. <laughs> I just I just thank the good Lord that they did. Yeah. Because if they just sent, you know, Max and Sophia to a homeless shelter, this mm. would have turned into a laugh-free episode. It was getting a lot darker real fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- those homeless uh, shelters don't make for the best uh, they do laugh not. riot <laughs> sitcom locales. Like, brother, can you lend a punchline? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> To our to our esteemed listeners, yeah. so yeah, as you've probably picked up if you've listened to a handful of these, I usually do a lot of the recaps, mm-hmm. and then Brent and, and Alan will chip in. I've been uh, busy the last weekend. I was supposed to do. <laughs> what kind of taxi cab confession is this? Well, just, <laughs> I was just to jump ahead, like so. I did last recap. Brent's doing this one, and Alan volunteered to do the next one, which I was supposed to do. And then I, I watched the episode. I was like, oh, yeah. He got the shaft of that. <laughs> so, you know, listen ahead. It's fun. Right. <laughs> Smiles so, and laughs. So, yeah, there's your spoiler. So, next episode, it will not be Brent or Ski doing bring, a recap. Bring your tissues. Nor will it be one that features a lot of laughs, at least not in the episode itself. But we'll, we'll, laugh but we'll get there something. when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some zingers We got for six later more on. minutes of Brent's recap <laughs> to get through. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, 
we say that now, but once we get to my 37-minute Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the other four pages are in your recap? This Florida man. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> I forgot all about Florida man. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so the action then moves to one of the bathrooms. It's established that Dorothy is taking a shower and that Jack Guilford isn't opposed to nudity. Right. Uh, Terry Hughes should be commended for his restraint. A lesser director would have had Jack naked when he was in bed with Sophia, but it's a much funnier shot with Jack in his undershirt. Mm. So so Max hops in the shower with Dorothy. They make some <laughs> small talk, and then all the other Goldens join them in the bathroom. And that bathroom appears to be bigger than my home office. <laughs> they are all a nice bathroom, yeah. Yeah. So. Is it the one they converted? No, it isn't. No, that that one, one was huge, though. Mm. Yeah, that one's yeah. big as well. So, anyways, um, you know, Max puts on his glasses and doesn't even try to hide the fact that he's looking at his naked stepdaughter. Right. <laughs> um, the Golden seem to be okay with this. Yeah, he um, stomps out. Here's my junk, folks. Yeah. yeah. He does have some traits that are beyond the pale. Um, you know, he takes umbrage to their complaint, storms out of the bathroom. Uh, Blanche and Dorothy take long looks at his manhood. Uh, Rose initially looks away, but then thinks to herself, it's okay to look. He's not my father. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Sophia and Max at the beach. Sophia tells Max uh, she's holding some peppermints. It's established that Max is a Werther's man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they talk about how much they loved the beach and how much Sal loved it. The conversation turns to their pizza and knish stand and how it was a great idea. What's Max, a knish? Max bemoans <laughs> the fact that the timing just wasn't right. Presumably he means that he shouldn't have opened the while well, Sal was still a gambling addict. <laughs> right. Um, so Bleeding Gums Murphy takes up the saxophone and at Max's request starts playing It Had to Be You. Mm-hmm. Saxophone. And the, and the That's scene a ends. really good... Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> you like that one? Yes. <laughs> so the scene ends with Max and Sophia enjoying a moment on the beach while the world's greatest living saxophonist plays just for them. <laughs> so anything in Act 1 you want to ah. circle back to? I think you more or less covered everything that I thought was particularly important. Okay. Um, I do think there was a, there was one line back when you know, they discovered about Rose's smoking habits mm-hmm. that they were surprised about. They said... Uh, you smoked, Rose. That's like finding out Lassie was an alcoholic. Oh, that's in Act Two. Oh, was that in Act Two? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that we were already there. Oh, you're I, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think Act One. Then you pretty much covered everything that yeah. I had. Cool. Did you have anything else for Act One, Ski? I was I was gonna say that, that there was a follow up to that too with Lassie. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I guess yeah. apparently I'm a little ahead of the game. Yeah. Never, never mind. Then go yeah. ahead. We'll get there. <laughs> so, um, we finished Act 1, and so now for a little interstitial. Uh, oh, I did have something I just thought of. Yeah. Like, they're walking down the boardwalk, mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know what you guys' impression. You saw, like, the, the quote-unquote sand with, like, a little, uh, like, towel laid out. Mm-hmm. Looked so fake. Oh. <laughs> like, they've got sand in other, like, episodes, mm-hmm. but this one just looked like... Yeah. Like the cheapest Play-Doh sand that they yeah. could come up with. <laughs> like, they spent their budget on Elvi. We right. ran out. We've got all this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. brown sugar. <laughs> Just make a beach with that. I bet brown sugar is more expensive than sand. Well, they just had it, though, you know? Okay. <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to introduce a new segment okay. uh, that we're calling Max's Knish and Kibitz. Oh, nice. So for those that don't know, a knish is a baked or sometimes fried appetizer or entree. It's dough that's been wrapped around a filling. Traditionally, the filling is either mashed potatoes or cheese. Oh, okay. Um, other varieties include black beans or spinach. Uh, just as a side note. And veggies, too, I saw. Yeah. 
The next time someone mentions the deep-fried Twinkie offered by the Indiana State Fair, I'm going to refer to that as a redneck condition. <laughs> I like that. So, And kibitz means to make unhelpful or idle comments. Oh, and if okay. you've listened longer than a week, you know we've mastered the unhelpful <laughs> and idle comments. It's really our bread and butter. Exactly. <laughs> so for our inaugural edition of Max's Condition Kibitz, uh, we're going to go with the appetizer size condition okay. and discuss it had to be you. So uh, this little ditty was written in 1924 and is now in the public domain. If our sound editor would like to insert a clip of himself <laughs> singing a few bars, uh, it stayed at the top of the charts for five weeks and was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2007. Uh, one of its co-writers, Gus Kahn, would later write Making Whoopi, and its other co-writer, Isham Jones, would have six additional number one hits. It had to be you as included in numerous movies and television shows, including Gilligan's Island, Annie Hall, Taxi, When Harry Met Sally, A League of Their Own, and the classic Doctor Who episode, The Empty Child. Hmm. And personally, I fell in love with the song when Dooley Wilson sang it in Casablanca. And then coincidentally, Casablanca was released on November 26th, 1942, exactly 46 years before this episode originally aired. Wow. Very nice. So, so do you think that they aired it on this particular date with that particular song as an homage? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like 46th anniversary of Casablanca's coming up. <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah, got to well, do something big. They were like, <laughs> okay, we got a two-part series. When in the season are we going to release it? <laughs> and someone spoke up, I know exactly when we're going to release <laughs> it. Exactly. So, yeah. Very nice. Yep. So, now, you say that there's a new segment. It doesn't seem like a segment that'll have uh, opportunity to arise much more in the future. So. Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> he can throw in kibitz any time, though. Well, that's true, but I don't know if it belonged to Max. Yeah. <laughs> so. so that was our first condition kibitz, and onwards deck two. Very nice. Uh, so we start the next morning in the Golden's Kitchen. Uh, Dorothy says she'd like to stay indoors and smoke 10 packs of cigarettes. Uh, that's five times as many cigarettes as Ad-Rock's dad smokes, because that hypocrite smokes two packs a day. That's <laughs> 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 from Fight to Your Right to Party. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, that one, I, I didn't recognize when you said Ad-Rock's, but uh-huh. it... Uh, but I did recognize when she said the lyric to the yeah, song. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so Rose confesses that she herself used to be a chimney. Uh, Dorothy is surprised by this, as she'd be as if, you know, Lassie were an alcoholic. Right. Rose is now surprised that she never spotted out al- Lassie's <laughs> alcoholism. <laughs> Max and Sophia enter. Uh, they drag the Goldens down to the beach to show off their new place. Sophia announces that they're reopening their pizza and knish business. It'll be located between a bait-and-tackle shop and a psychic palm reader, and I'm not sure the sequence in which a chopper would visit all three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on their trip to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, Dorothy tries to talk them out of starting a new business. Uh, She tells them that, you know, past a certain age, it's foolish to try and get a new business off the ground. And she's absolutely correct. You know, in doing my own research, mm-hmm. I've determined that most mink farms and catering companies started by the elderly <laughs> fail within 30 minutes. <laughs> I think that's sound, sound research. <laughs> Well-researched. Uh, now, indeed. I did notice the, the, the palm reading building. Uh-huh. And granted, probably doesn't require a whole lot of equipment inside. Uh-huh. But it is an extremely thin section of building. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. for a card table. And yeah, a palm. It's, it's like you walk in, like you can like stretch your arms out and touch both sides of the building. Exactly, <laughs> but then you'll smudge your palms. Right. <laughs> Don't want that. Exactly. That'll mess up the reading. So. Exactly. It's all cloudy. <laughs> so, so Act Three. Um, 
so Act Three starts off with Sophia and Max nearing completion of their pizza. Can this stand in the nearing old? Nearing completion. In the old, <laughs> the other Goldens are being complimentary towards it. Uh, Dorothy tries to get Sophia to cut out early, but Sophia says they've got too much work to do. Uh, Blanche tells them that they're going to get sick, and then we cut to Max and Sophia under the weather. Uh, Rose offers them some homemade cold medicine. I'm not sure what the alcohol content is, but it appears to be a lower proof this time around. Yeah. Uh, Max and Sophia claim they're going to go to work, and when that idea is shot down, the other Goldens volunteer to work their shift at the stand. Uh, we cut to the Goldens making pizza and Kanish at the beach. Uh, Rose is initially on pizza duty, but Dorothy tells her to pivot to Kanish's. Uh, she says she can be excused if her uncle was Mr. Potato Head, and this resolves the dangling plot point about whether Max's Kanish's used cheese or mashed potatoes. Uh. <laughs> it was a lot of uh, controversy, I believe, before yeah. that. I know, I'd spend what 22 kind? minutes wondering. <laughs> Just racking your brain. Exactly. <laughs> well, I imagine back in, it was 88, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet listeners were sitting at home yelling at each other like, you don't know what kind of conditions they made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until finally uh, it was revealed. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one person felt like a real asshole, and they kept saying, it has to be cheese. It's the beach, <laughs> goddammit. Exactly. <laughs> one has a potato on the beach. <laughs> but then the argument starts anew when they're like, you don't know what they made back in the day, though. Right. <laughs> when Sal and Max were running it together. That's true, yeah. That's true. Uh, so Rose and Dorothy discuss uh, Dorothy's success at giving up the death sticks. Uh, <laughs> Rose reminds her of all that she's missing out on. Dorothy asks Rose for a saucepan. Uh, Rose attempts to give Dorothy a saucepan, but realizing her mistake, Dorothy clarifies that what she actually wants is the stock pot. Right. Uh, Rose obliges her and is rewarded with 10 whacks upside the head. This makes the final score for the episode, Dorothy 2, Rose 11. <laughs> uh, Blanche then proceeds to tell the other Goldens about how she always wanted to make love to a Ph.D., I guess Professor Cooper chose the wrong major. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would like that. <laughs> uh, so we have a time lapse, and the exposition lets us know that uh, business hasn't been great. The Goldens assume it's lack of promotion that's keeping the customers away. My theory is that people don't want to lay in the hot sun and consume deep-fried mashed potatoes. <laughs> I do have to say, like, from the first time they showed... Uh, like when, when Max and uh, mm-hmm. Sophia bring him to this, like boarded up, right? Like yeah. nothing, uh-huh. right? It's, it's just a front, like a, mm-hmm. of a, a a property, right? right. Yeah. Uh, the transformation into the uh, stand yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it's nothing <laughs> sort of miraculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sophia and Max knew it had good bones. <laughs> I guess <laughs> so. So Sophia comes to the stand, and upon learning that people are at the beach to swim, fakes a shark attack. Uh, the swimmers abandon the ocean, and since they all have their wallets in their swimsuit, <laughs> order up some pizza and or knish. Yeah, so. I, I did like that, that they were, I don't know, apparently just keep a little money tucked in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Into the gooch or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So. Nobody had to run dig that wallet out of the bottom of their shoe. <laughs> right. <laughs> So. And there's nothing that gets me hungrier than a dose of terror. Exactly. <laughs> Shark? Well, that sucks. I guess I'll eat. Right. Exactly. Um, so later that night, the Goldens announced that they sold all their product for the day. Uh, the telephone rings. The Goldens head to the beach, and it's discovered that the stand is burnt to the ground. <laughs> Dorothy announces that her Lucy was to blame. And then we meet the episode's second oversexed fireman. He tells Dorothy that she's off the hook, and a faulty coil caused the blaze. Uh, yeah, I like that uh, there was a, a line in there that, you know, in, in case you weren't sure what the hell Brent just said, um, <laughs> you know, Dorothy's afraid that, that a cigarette that she had left possibly burning was what caused the uh, oh, Lucy. 
What's that? Her Lucy. Sure. Um, <laughs> is what caused it to burn down. And uh, But she just says that she left a cigarette burning, to which Rose yeah, she responds. She was pretty much certain that she was the, to blame. Yeah, the too. culprit. And, and Rose responds, well, I wouldn't worry. How much can it do? The place already burned down, yeah. which I thought was Rose's best mm-hmm. line of the episode. Yeah. So. But yes. So where the hell does the term Lucy come from? It's just a loose cigarette. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the, I don't know that we... Uh, Se- <clears throat> second sexed up uh, fireman is a great line. <laughs> it's a good call. If, if you didn't catch it from before, the first sexed up fireman was from the phone call when we it's, called 911. Right. And Blanche called 911 immediately, mm-hmm. not checking to see if there's a fire. Right. Just like hearing the alarm go off. Yeah. I have had an alarm go off in my house before. Mm-hmm. My immediate impulse is not to call 911. It's because you don't care about your family or property. That's true. <laughs> so. But I mean. Yeah, You're just looking for that sweet, sweet insurance money. It doesn't matter who you have to take down to get it. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, and then she calls Steve's and gets 911. He's like, listen, I don't know if you guys are busy or not. But yeah. If you happen to have some time, <laughs> the house is on fire. And I'd love it if you could just swing by and <laughs> check first it out. The thing oh, he does address? is he runs and he locks the door that. from the outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> But Blanche talks to a guy that I guess she used right. to <coughs> know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second round, the reason I wanted to tell all this is because the second sexed-up fireman mm-hmm. does something that is, in the realm of Golden Girls, almost extraordinary. Mm-hmm. He pays uh, Dorothy several compliments mm-hmm. about her appearance. Well, mm-hmm. you know, Dorothy does a decent... It gets a decent number of men on this show. I mean, mm-hmm. she does. And, and most of the she men she gets are gets pretty decent, though. you know, looking dudes. So yeah, but to she, be fair, this dude just likes her because she looks like a Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one who who sends the most horrible things Dorothy's way is Brent. <laughs> He's worse than Sophia. <laughs> he is apparently not not a fan of. Uh, She's all right. <laughs> she is kind of. Tall and lanky like Cruella Deville. Yeah. That's a Dalma. Del, Del I can't talk. Yeah. Dalmatian tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I saw her feet one time, so mm. it's just sort of a deal breaker. Oh, okay. <laughs> no quitting there. No, uh, just no, not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho, uh, let's see. So at this point, are we? Um, oh yeah. So Max and Sophia announced that they're not going to rebuild the stand. Right. Uh, Max tells her that their situation reminds him of the Ronald Coleman and Greer Garson film *Random <laughs> Harvest*. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've not seen it, it involves a British Army officer who gets gassed in the trenches of the First World War. He develops amnesia and is confined to an asylum. Uh, once the war ends, the asylum workers all abandon their posts to celebrate, and during the confusion, amnesiac Ronald Coleman wanders off. So there's a chance either Max. Is misremembering the film, or Sophia's time at Shady Pines was more traumatic than we've been told. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Max says he's happier with his grandkids, but that when he's in town, you know, he's okay just banging and hanging. Hey, you know, they're uh, married, so it's exactly. a, even by the you know church's philosophy, they're good to go. Exactly. And then uh, Sophia is also on board with this, and the episode ends with the saxophonist returning for an even more beautiful version of <laughs> "Had to Be You." Excuse yeah, me, yeah, I did like that. Uh, Max, you know, mentioned some concerns as far as like, you know, would they be on the wrong side of St. Peter and yeah. that or, or in the Pirelli Gates? And, mm-hmm. you know, she says that, hey, I want to get good, get in good with St. Peter. I don't want his job. Yeah. Which I, I enjoyed that line from her. So. Yeah. so do you want me to do the the guest stars or do you want to do your Florida man first? I got it. Yeah. 
Okay, go for it. So, so this is the part of the recap where we normally do Florida Man for November 26th. Okay. But we're going to go ahead and give Florida Man the week off so we can present a bonus entree-sized edition oh, of wow. Max's Condition Commits. <laughs> 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 so. Because we did the appetizer earlier. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Now, should we be anticipating dessert as well? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to peak with this and then call Con- it quits Conditions are really not as much of a... <laughs> right. Well, unless... And get the redneck condition. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyways, so this episode uh, featured two solo saxophone performances of It Had to Be You. Mm -hmm. Uh, The credited quote-unquote actor was William E. Green. Right. And this was his only credited acting performance, okay? But don't feel bad for William E. Green. A dude was better known as Bill Green, and he was a goat. Okay, so he's Uh, one of the greatest uh, saxophone players of all time? Absolutely. Born in 1925 in Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, very nice. Um, Bill Green took up the alto saxophone at 10, uh, the clarinet at 12, and then was teaching both instruments at 14. Wow. After a brief detour into the Navy, he received his master's degree from the Los Angeles Conservatory of Music in 1952 and spent the next 10 years working there as an instructor. What? So beyond teaching and being an in-demand session player, a partial list of the people he played with includes... B.B. King, Barry Manilow, Barry White, Burt Bacharach, Bobby Darren, Carol King, Denise, let's hear it for the boy, Williams, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> David Byrne, Dion Warwick, Dizzy Gillespie, Dr. Feelgood, Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra, Perry Nielsen, but not on the Popeye soundtrack, <laughs> Henry Mancini, Herb Alpert, Herbie Hancock, Johnny Mathis, Lionel Richie, Lou Rawls, Martha and the Vandellas, Marvin Gaye, Mel Torme, Miles Davis, Mother of Maya Rudolph, Miss Minnie Ripperton, Nat King Cole, Phil Spector, Quincy Jones, Randy Newman, Ray Charles, Ricky Nelson, Sam Cooke, the Isley Brothers, and Tony Bennett. Now, why didn't you say, when you got to Quincy Jones, why didn't you say father of Rashida Jones? I, I <laughs> totally spaced it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, anyways, now this is where a first or second rate podcast would climax. That oh, okay. is quite a list <laughs> of exactly. high profile artists. Oh, it gets better. Oh, okay. Okay. Like I said, first or second rate podcasts, they're going to tell you about July 10th, 1963. Okay. Because that's when Bill Green strolled into Radio Recorder's Studio B in Hollywood and overdubbed some saxophone onto Elvis Presley's Viva Las Vegas. And that top 40 hit was one of seven Elvis songs that Bill Green played on during his career. Very nice. But we're not first or second rate. We're ninth rate. Okay. So, so we're going <laughs> to keep going. Exactly. Which means we're going to gloss over that hunka hunka bird and love fan club connection <laughs> and close this segment with a shout out to the Beach Boys Pet Sounds album. And this album is hands down one of my all time top five albums. Okay. Okay. And I'm not alone. On three separate occasions in 2003, 2012, and 2020, Rolling Stone magazine gave Pet Sounds the Outlandin spot and named it the second best album of all time. <laughs> Very nice. So uh, during these legendary sessions, Bill Green made the following contributions On You Still Believe in Me, Alto Saxophone, Caroline No, I'm Waiting for the Day and God Only Knows, played the flute. On the Pet Sounds title track, he played percussion and tenor saxophone. And on the non-album single, Good Vibrations, he played both saxophone and clarinet. And if you're still not convinced that Bill Green is a goat, I'd like to close with this. 
since December of 1988, just a few days after he popped up on the Golden Girls plane, it had to be you. Mm -hmm. The Los Angeles Jazz Society has awarded a scholarship in his name. The Bill Green Mentorship Program offers promising young jazz students 10 weeks of free training from professional musicians. And at the end of those 10 weeks, those students get to record their own album in a professional recording studio. Wow. And if you go out to the YouTube and enter Bill Green Mentorship Program into the search field, you'll see some of the past participants in the program giving it their all and doing so in the honor of the man the closing credits just referred to as William E. Green, saxophone player. (laughs) (laughs) So in case you couldn't hear it, Brent just dropped the mic, so to speak, but in this case it was his uh, his recap. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Those are some really interesting kibitz. Now, so you feel like, though, by giving that additional information about uh, Billy Green, um, (laughs) that giving that information drops down the quality of our podcast? Because you said that you know a first or second rate would have stopped telling the Elvis stuff, but a ninth rate one goes further. Or are you oh. saying ninth rate is ninth rate would have um, or a first or second rate would have included the Pet Sound stuff, but they'd have put it before the Elvis. Oh, stuff. okay. You know they'd have closed with the Elvis <clears throat> because that's what's actually germane to the two part episode. Oh, okay. But not me. I wanted to finish <laughs> with something I love. So you care more about your own enjoyment than the enjoyment of the fans, or at least the you know the flow of it is yes that, okay. exactly and exactly. if you cared more about the fans or fans more about the listeners yes then you would have closed with the elvis because it more it was relevant more okay. closely ties exactly. in. Okay. but it's one of those things that once you start thinking about you know what they want then we're lost yeah you know i think we just <laughs> we have to amuse ourselves <laughs> we have to amuse ourselves and then you know pray to god that they find it amusing as well right because once we start pandering to them we have no idea <laughs> yeah lost in popularity that would be a, a real <laughs> a real shame <laughs> yeah i don't know i i that's what I, I love about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They right. never got caught up in uh, anyone liking it. <laughs> right. It <laughs> just <yeah>. did them. <laughs> <laughs> just small art films about a big green guy. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So you're saying that as far as podcasts go, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe of podcasts? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> See, that's where we differ. Our, our, our level of originality. We, we, and... we have different goals. <laughs> I would say that we're like the 19... 19- 80 whatever fantastic four podcast (laughs) (laughs) the the roger corman yeah exactly (laughs) it never got released it was only made (laughs) because it was a a technicality right (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to think that we're the jim cotta of podcasts okay jim we we don't have a lot of fans but those that we do have love us immensely I think you're overestimating the love that our fans have for us. <laughs> but you are right about the, the, the numbers being not a lot. Maybe I'm underestimating their love of Jim Cotta. It could be. <laughs> who is Jim Cotta? It's a movie about a kung fu artist who uses the pummel horse. Oh, uh, oh okay. Yeah, the, the throwback. I got you now. <laughs> that one was for you, Jennifer. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Say it again. I want to hear it one more time. It's what builds in our, uh, right. our clout. Anyways, we had three wonder, guest actors. I wonder if Jennifer still thinks I'm a lovable scamp. <laughs> <laughs> she never called you lovable. <laughs> Just to be clear. Uh, I threw in that whatever for her. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to do good. I've been trying not to say it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, even prior to you hearing that, I don't feel like it was something you were doing as much. Uh, but anyways. Yeah. 
So we had three guest actors in that one. Had uh, Jack Guilford again playing Max, <laughs> second time in a row. Yeah. Um, we had uh, what else was he in? Caveman, Gog, Cocoon, also one and two. Um, I believe that you know that because was he? Well, I guess we'll get to this in a moment. Uh, then we had uh, Don Maxwell. He played the fire chief. Uh, Seventy six credits to his name. This is his only Golden Girls. And then, as Brent has already uh, alluded to a little bit, um, <laughs> we also had a saxophone player played by William E. Green. Does he do anything is, special in life? <laughs> uh, this is his only credit, so it looks like he really had a pretty unspectacular career <laughs> in the acting world. Oh well, world. <laughs> good luck to him in life. Anyways, the man played with. Everybody worth playing with. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> that, it's, that's it's, phenomenal. It's about list. as an impressive career as a musician can have that exactly. is not known to the public. Exactly. You know. I think between, as far as like accomplishments of Golden Girls guest stars, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Quentin Tarantino, George Clooney, and Bill Green, you know, probably, yeah. Definitely the top three. Um, I mean, Alex Rocco would probably. So you'd end. put him above yeah. Burt Reynolds? Oh, definitely. I'd put him above Burt Reynolds. I'd put him above Mickey Rooney. Um, Billy Barty? Come on. That's, I was going to say <laughs> Billy Barty would be rounding out the top five. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, we'll ski. I, I guess I don't need to ask you because you have seen Cocoon, but um, <laughs> who is your MVP for this episode? Uh, for this one, I actually think I went with uh, Sophia. Sophia? Okay. Fair yeah, enough. I just liked her performance in this one, I think. Yeah, she was really <laughs> solid in this one. What about you, Brent? Bill Green. <laughs> Bill Green. <laughs> yes. Matt, but you're only giving him that because of your affinity for him as a musician, not for his performance on the episode. You didn't think both of those saxophone performances were good? They were fine. How about his, <laughs> you got a buck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that had he not been in the episode, <laughs> it would not have significantly decreased the quality of the episode. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know. The, really, the the MVPs are honorary more than anything else because mm-hmm. that's not the overall goal. They of don't the come show. with a cash prize, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I went with Ski. And all honesty, I mean, like, I think it's roses. You know, Betty White's gonna win. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else is just playing for second place <laughs> <laughs> as far as the MVP tally goes. Uh, we'll see. You know, we still got several seasons to go, yeah, but we are um, not quite at the halfway mark. No, right? no, not quite. Yeah, we'll be in soon. I mean. We are we are nearing the halfway mark, but we're not there yet. Uh, but yeah, so- Sophia got the MVP for me also. I mm-hmm. thought she did an excellent job throughout this one. Yeah. Um, how many slices of cheesecake for you on this one, Ski? You might be surprised. I gave it three. Three? Wow, you really wow. didn't like it. Uh, well, here's why. Okay. And and I I don't know where the heck they go from here. So is Sophia? So like we just established, half the series is left, right? Mm-hmm. Is Sophia just married the rest of the freaking epi- <laughs> like episodes? Yeah, they they, they definitely established that uh, you mm-hmm. know she's not getting divorced from right. Max. Yeah, I, and we like you said we don't see another appearance of him. That doesn't mean they don't may necessarily mention him later. Mm-hmm. We'll say, oh hey, your husband died <laughs> or something late, like you know twenty more episodes in yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Tell but, his uh, grandkids sorry, but I'm taking that. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so, you know, she talked about, you know, she doesn't want to get in trouble with uh, the pearly gates, right? Right. But uh, we, we've seen a strong trend that the Goldens all uh, look out for guys and mm-hmm. oftentimes score them. So is Sophia not going to get with any other guys the rest of the series? I see that as unlikely. So is she just going to be an adulterer <laughs> from this point forward? <laughs> I'm sorry. You think it's unlikely an 88-year-old woman's going to keep it in her pants? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For this show, I definitely think, yeah. <laughs> 
we'll have to wait and see. You know, I guess right now you're giving it a pretty low score based on your assumption <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. that this sets up Sophia for I, sin. <laughs> well, I like the episode as overall, but I think it just ends lazily. Mm. Like I was like, you didn't come up with a better story. So you line wish they would have decided to get it annulled or something like that. That seems more in character. Or for that Maxis would have died on the beach. Well, <laughs> so I honestly thought in bed like one of Rose's lovers. <laughs> right. I honestly thought they might kill him. Mm. Like at the end, I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. But like I thought that you know, in keeping with Sophia's character, uh, they said, "Hey, should we get divorces?" Oh no, we don't want that. I was like, I was, I thought the next line was going to be, "We should get it annulled because we got into it too right. fast." And that would keep with her you know, Sicilian uh, heritage and stuff. But mm-hmm. I was like, just be married and not ever see each other. That's not really <laughs> in character either. I know there's a lot of people out there, not myself, but there's a lot of people that would think that'd be a perfect marriage. My, well, I would, I think, my, my dad's by far longest lasting of his three marriages was the one where one where his wife spent like eight years in prison. <laughs> so that marriage <laughs> lasted significantly longer than his marriage to my mom or his uh, second wife. So. Did he get the conjugal visits? I don't know if he did or not, um, but uh, I know that once she was out, their marriage didn't last a whole lot longer yeah. after that. So yeah, um, I believe she tried to run somebody down with her uh, car, like mm. a attempted vehicular manslaughter or something wow. like that. So she got... Didn't, you know, didn't like stoke it. the old romantic fires? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, distance made the heart grow not less fond. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite um, jokes from My Name is Earl, mm-hmm. um, it was when the arc where he was in prison, whatever. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That time I know I said it. I caught myself after the fact. The um, So they were doing conjugal visits or whatever, and there were two bowls of condoms out on the table, and there was like a completely full bowl of condoms, and it said ribbed for her pleasure. Uh. And then there was a completely <laughs> empty bowl that says ultra sensitive for your pleasure. <laughs> 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 That's a great show. I really need to go back and rewatch that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so so we know that Ski uh, only gave this episode a three. How about mm-hmm. you, Brent? I'd go seven. Okay, I think that's too high. I, I did enjoy it, I, and I don't have. If I start uh, giving these episodes lower scores because of potential continuity issues, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then it's really going to start weighing a lot of them down. Yeah. Um, but I gave it a five. I thought it was a good episode. It mm-hmm. wasn't as good as the the first part of it, mm-hmm. um, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I just wouldn't have put it. I put it a little above average, but not yeah. you know, not contention wise. Yes, yeah. so. I think that it's my favorite two episode run of the show. I like, would I, say I, I really last... did like the overall arc. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think last week's episode. You know, historically, it's probably my favorite episode of oh, okay. you know, the Golden Girls, so it could change, obviously. Yeah. I'm older, wiser, more mature. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see how it goes, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, uh, definitely a really solid episode mm-hmm. um, overall, but for me, this one, the first one, the first part of it last week was, mm-hmm. was a legitimately great episode, just uh, had that one little issue I had with it near the end. Um, this one... I didn't have any particular big issue with it. It just, you know, didn't quite hit the mark as, as well. Yeah. So. I just thought it was lazy writing at the end mm-hmm. is all. And, and it was less continuity. Mm-hmm. And having the, you know, afterthought, after knowledge, I guess, of being seven seasons. Right. Like, if, if I was watching this in 88, I'd probably think something different. Mm-hmm. But I would still be like, that doesn't seem like her, you know. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But anyways, mm-hmm. with that in mind, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. 
you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.